This is the Relevant Podcast. It's Tuesday, February 2nd, 2021, and it's the Relevant Podcast. We made it, everyone. Oh my gosh, January's over. <laughs> January's so over. So weird. Uh, in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, podcaster, speaker, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, and mogul, Derek Miner. Hey. What? You did, did your stock drop? <laughs> oh no 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 no! I'm I'm look I'm good I'm good you know I'm everything is lovely. Yeah. Okay. Hey, before we go on, I know there's a lot to get to today, but I, I have a question that something so, uh, something transpired last night, and uh, you know I, I need I respect all of you. I respect your guys's knowledge, your sense of social decorum, uh, and your and your ethics. Okay, and that's really the three things this question needs to be resolved. It's about dog etiquette. Okay, How, are you guys dog owners? Is anyone I here? I have two dogs. No, and I, I love I, them. I, I own fish. Okay, over the last year I've had a dog. So we got three dogs between between us. Okay, mm-hmm. this is a, 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 so so that's actually good because I got two. We got dog owners. We got non dog owners here. Okay, I'm out somewhere last night. Don't worry, it's very socially distanced. I was out by myself, but it was it was at a place where you could sit far from people, and I could bring my laptop and I could get some work done. But it was also a dog friendly place. Okay, there was a person with a dog there, and the dog's just trotting around. And I and I don't know what about me made the dog so attracted <laughs> to me because I'm not a big dog guy. Okay, I feel right. like I give off very anti dog vibes. I show no. It's not like I'm anti. I don't give off anti dog vibes. I give someone that's very disinterested in that someone has a dog. Maybe mildly annoyed like there's no need to have a dog in here okay like i'm, I'm kind of that five. i'm throwing those fives all right, right not strong right. I'm not a dog hater i'm just right. saying i'm not interested in interacting with a dog right now right okay so the person the, the dog in this place is unleashed and it trots over to me and just sits in, next inside to me. Okay. inside inside this is Where sort of an inside and outside are being consumed Yes, it's an indoor out. outdoor place, and they have and they, and they let Listen, dog. It's an I'm old out. firehouse. It's a decommission. In Austin, Texas, if you don't have a dog with you wherever you are, people think you're weird. I mean, okay. people Inside? sting their dogs. I'm yes, everywhere. Inside? Yes, this is a very dog friendly city. I'm never okay, eating so, in Austin, so, Texas. So, so this dog comes and sits Ugh. next to me. All right, like, and he's got mm-hmm. like at one point he's like nuzzling up and it's in on my leg. Okay, <laughs> like his head. Like, hey, buddy, you know he's wanting me to pet him. I, I I gave off clearly disinterested dog vibes. Okay. Now here's what I do. The guy says, "Hey, I think he likes you." What what is the scenario there? Because look, the dog isn't hurting me. He's not he's not preventing me from getting my work done, right? He's not like biting me or something. But can I say you need to get this dog out of here? Like, can I say please call your dog back? Or is that is that is that bad form? Because then then I'm the anti dog guy. Then everyone's like, look at that jerk. That dog came over and nuzzled his leg. You know, he saw a human that needed some companionship and went over, and that guy shooing him away. Who's what? What's the scenario here? Because I ended up just leaving. I didn't want to deal knows, with this too. If a dog nuzzles my leg, that's not a problem. It's when you get all into this, you know. Y'all don't see the, y'all. Y'all don't see what I'm doing. But I got face. my hand all up in my, in my face, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not gonna let you kiss me in the mouth and all that but stuff. You know what I'm Jesse, saying? Like, you didn't want to pet the dog. Like there wasn't anything in you that no. wanted to pet this dog. I don't know where this dog's been. It's a, you know, like, I, I know that people have the dog. That dog could have been trouncing around in a, in a, in a swamp or, so, or a dairy farm. You don't or know who else grows. he's been 
nuzzling. You don't know what diseases he's carrying. Exactly. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm washing my hands eight times a day. I'm not going to pet an animal. I'm not going to put my hands on a strange animal. Like, I'm just saying, what is the etiquette there, dog? So this was a random dog or someone else? This is a random dog. But but Jamie, you're in a place. You got one of your two dogs. It's a Mm -hmm. very nice, friendly place, and you see what looks like your dog trots over and is being very friendly with someone. Do you do you have any impulse to be like, I got to get my dog out of here, or just like one hundred percent? I got to get my dog back because not everybody wants. Yeah, I'm going to call back my dogs, Marfa and Landry, and tell them to come back. Marfa, you said Martha. Marfa with an F, like the city in Texas. It's in West oh, Texas. Oh, it's a city, Marfa. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, and I would Landry? call my dog and Landry, like Tom Based Landry, off the, the character. No, the character from Friday Night Lights. He's oh, my favorite okay. character in the whole show, okay. Landry. There you These go. These are very Texas centric <laughs> names, here, Jamie. <laughs> hey, we 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 like everyone to know what we love Texas. So, Marfa. No, I would call my dogs back. Marfa. It sounds like you're like yelling with a lisp or something. Like you're trying to say Martha, but you can't. I know. I know. But. Marfa. I would call my dogs back, Jesse. So I'm not going to look like a monster next time if I'm like, bro, can you just grab the dog back? I'm just not. I'm just not. It's all about the delivery. Like if you were like, if you looked at him kind of like, hey, hey man, I'm not really a dog person. Is it cool if you, you know, then I'd be like, oh, my bad. So, yeah, of course. There's no problem. I got it, Jesse. As long as you're okay with a little bit of lie, like not a big lie, but a little lie. You could be like, oh, my gosh, I'm allergic to all dogs. You think you get your dog? See, I feel like dogs and babies, you look like a real jerk if you if you if you are the one who's not about it. You know, it's I like, hey, hey man, you hold the baby. To that. I, I don't want to. I, I really prefer <laughs> not to. Okay. Jamie, but I agree I, with you that the 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 allergy thing is a great one, except for the fact that you knew that this was a dog friendly establishment and dogs are inside. Why did you come here? Like it's not my if fault. If you're allergic, you that them. might not go over. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But I do want to say this to you, Jesse and Derek. And I don't mean to be weird about this. Okay. Dogs, you know, you're a little, Jesse, you did your segment on what you were thinking last week about, yeah. you know, the happiness and laughter and stuff. Mm-hmm. Dogs bring so much happiness to my life. I come home. My dogs are so happy to see me. They never talk back to me. They're always excited. They they bring so much happiness to my life. So maybe look at getting a dog for your family. Mm-hmm. No, no, never happen. No. Dogs no. bring me mm-hmm. nothing but chores. Like, no. uh, gotta, someone's got to walk it. Someone's got to clean it. Someone's got to take it to but the groomer. But you love going on walks. It's yeah. Like, and you walk in your neighborhood by yourself. Yeah, because I don't have to worry about anything. Now, I don't you're, not talking, I, you're not talking to the dog while you're on a walk. You're <laughs> still saying, in the same I, thought now, now space. I got to be concerned about the dog now. You know, what if he, what if there's a squirrel? What if, what if he sees someone he wants to know? What, I don't want to worry about it. I just want to, I'm on a walk to be, I'm, to be alone. Not to have to worry about a dog. I'm you just know? saying dogs bring a lot of happiness to people. My seven and nine. Have you have you seen? I, w- I just need to go upstairs so on a Zoom call and just show you my kid's closet and show you what they've done to their toys. And then now if we bring a live animal inside <laughs> of our home <laughs> with my seven and nine year old boys. Are you? No, I don't want to go to jail. Like, I don't I, I don't. Tr- it's not me. It's not the dog. I don't trust my kids. Like oh, I don't. Gosh. I come home and the dog's on fire or something. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nah, we cool. I like my fish. You know what we I'm saying? A, we had a cat once when I was, uh, and my my little brother was really little. He was like three. And I woke up one Saturday morning. And I was 11 or 12 years older than him, and so I'm a teenager. We have a cat. I go into the bathroom, and there's black fur all over the bathroom (gasps) and i'm like where's the cat and i go and find him and my brother chandler who the listeners know had found my hair clippers 
and wanted to see what the fluffy cat would look like with a haircut. And he just scalped, basically scalped this cat. Like, oh that's gosh. what Derek's kids would be doing. They'd be doing experiments on the animal. Yes. Like, like exactly. Yeah. So we're not going to go down that road. Like, yeah, when, my, when I first got my fish, all my fish died because, so I had, I had a first crop of fish. They all died because my kids decided that Cheez Its and apple juice were a significant. Uh, oh my gosh. meal for the fish so they just dumped apple juice into the tank and they were dead oh my gosh oh. that's so funny <laughs> no not for the fish <laughs> I, I got our dog my son had been wanting one for a long time begging I got him last October early October I was on my sabbatical and then we went to COVID and all this stuff and I will tell you what Jamie said it's very true just had brought so much joy to our family. I, like when I'm home alone, I'm not alone. Like I, it's just, it's just, he's a mm. great little dog, little Charles Barkley. And I've, we've had a lot of fun with him. Oh, so Charles Barkley. But just Charles keep Barkley. him on a short lease. <laughs> keep him on a short leash. If you see someone who seems to be a pretty affable guy, just hanging out, trying to get some hey, work man. done. My dog's the round mound of rebound. Everybody loves him. Like you, you wouldn't hang out with Charles Barkley. You'd be, hey, you would have been fine with okay, him. Okay, Derek, you're gonna. Th- I, I feel that Cameron and Jamie are not gonna be able to answer this question objectively. I feel <laughs> like I feel like dog owner. Every dog owner's like, I get your thing about dogs, but wait, do you meet my dog? Yeah, right, this right, dog right, is special. Right, like, right, right. Every dog owner's like, I get it, I get it, but wait, do you meet this dog? And it's like, I, I appreciate your guys' love and devotion to your dogs, but you know, I, I just, I don't know. I've heard that from other dog owners. I'm I'm sure Charles Barkley, if he were to approach me at a restaurant, I would be okay with him hanging. But I'm just saying, it would put me in an awkward situation. I consider myself a pretty nice guy, but I just had to leave. I couldn't get all my work done. So thanks a lot, dog. Oh, gosh. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Um, as you all know, yesterday kicked off Black History Month. And each uh, February on relevantmagazine.com, we do a special emphasis of content about black history, uh, racial unity uh, in the church, especially and in our culture. Uh, It's something we've been doing for 20 years, 15 years. And we also want to bring that over to the podcast as well. So to kick off the month, we have an unusual guest segment, um, a little bit of an unusual guest segment. We are going to have more of a conversation than a normal interview. We are joined by a friend of the show, artist, author, poet, um, activist, podcaster. He does it all. Propaganda is joining us. And instead of doing kind of a, a Tyler Huckabee Presents Q&A with Prop, uh, Derek is also joining uh, more of a roundtable discussion about Black History Month, um, race in America today, how we can move forward in this kind of uh, new era that we're entering in 2021. It's a fascinating conversation. Please don't miss it. It is such a good conversation coming up. We also have your feedback at the end of the show. And right now, stay tuned. Up next, it's Slices. Listening to Julian Baker. The song is Faith Healer. Well, today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2020 was interesting. So let's do a mental health check in. How are you really? 
What do you need right now? Therapy can help. What is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Get some tools to help with motivation, depression, anxiety, battling your temper, stress, dealing with insecurity in relationships or at work, whatever you need. It's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. Counseling has changed my life. (laughs) Go for it. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. See if it's for you because you are your greatest asset. Right now, they're offering relevant podcast listeners 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash relevant. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash relevant. Go save 10%. You love it. Okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, I have a slice. And actually, there, Tyler, our very own Tyler Huckabee, wrote a, a great write-up about this uh, research on, on relevant this week that uh, you know I found... Very interesting, but also kind of concerning. And it's a topic I've written about in the past. And that is, um, you know, kind of the infiltration of churches by conspiracy theory culture. Uh, Lifeway actually did research. This was honestly shocking that 49% of Protestant pastors. So, you know, I'm assuming a lot of them are kind of evangelical leanings because that's where it seems to really have taken hold. Uh, agreed with this statement. I frequently hear members of my congregation repeating conspiracy theories um, that they uh, heard uh, that they heard about why something is happening in our country. Forty nine percent that that leadership says they are are spewing conspiracy theories openly in the church. Uh, only forty seven percent disagree with it. So less of them <laughs> said said they haven't. To me. Cameron, I, when did we, we started, I feel like we we're kind of ahead of the curve when we we did a, a story. What was that probably three or four years ago? I think probably four. Yeah, and and, and I and, and I really do feel like at the time th- th- that this number wasn't forty nine percent. It would maybe ten percent, but it was growing at a rate where I know it was sort of on our radar editorially of like this could be something that has a major impact on the church. And mm-hmm. you know, the angle that we initially covered it was looking at um every, you know everything from like flat earth uh, theories to, you know, at the time, what was kind of the the early seeds of like the QAnon deal with like mm-hmm. Pizzagate and the WikiLeaks. And, you know, th- that was sort of slow. Oh, and then there was like uh, client change d- uh, denial and, and things mm-hmm. like that where we're slowly infiltrating kind of fringes of the church. It's gotten to the point where it is so main. Well, one, the conspiracies has gotten more and more bonkers. This isn't someone saying, hey, I think a scientist uh, took money from the oil or the renewable energy field so that they are, you know, down or, or exaggerating climate change. That is seems reasonably plausible, even though I don't agree with it. I could see why someone would have that would would theorize that, you know, mm-hmm. that people are conspiring to do that. It seems plausible. The conspiracy theories are getting freaking crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, half lizard people that are drinking blood and flying to crazy islands with Tom Hanks. They're getting bonkers. And the more bonkers they are, the more f- prevalent they seem to be coming in the church. I found this study, you know, shocking. I see a lot of people kind of, you know, th- there are those kind of reasonably harmless like X-Files conspiracies about aliens and things like that that are kind of fun to kind of joke around about. But this is like legit stuff there. I, I've kind of done a deep dive. on. It's been very interesting to me. 
There's a couple subreddits that I've been visiting pretty frequently. One is called QAnon Casualties, where these people go and they talk about family members who've gotten sucked into this thing so much that mm. a lot of them have lost relationships, have lost their jobs, have, you know, kind of started patterns of really destructive behaviors because their life has been consumed by things that are obvious lies. And now that's happening in the church. Do you guys find that number surprising at all? 49%? No. Why do you say that? Because a lot of people's faith or approach to Christianity is based mostly like a conspiracy theory than it is in fact. You know, a lot of times I, I feel like people just believe what they believe about Jesus, right or wrong, right? Without research and without actually diving deep. So, mm -hmm. you know, I remember somebody said, you know, the scripture, God helps those that help themselves. Like it's people that believe that that's a scripture. It, mm -hmm. It's it's not a scripture. You know what I'm saying? So it's like for a lot of people, it's more about it, it, it would seem that a lot of times faith is not necessarily based in a cognitive, thoughtful idea of, yes, I've looked at everything and this makes sense. It's just it's an echo chamber of what I think faith is. So that's how you can get people that say they love Jesus, but hate Jews. Like how Jesus was a Jew. You can't help, you can't love Jesus and hate the people that he loves. You see what I'm saying? Like right. it's, it, it's like, that's how we can come to those types of things where I'm, I'm a racist. I think all Jews and black people are crazy or, 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 you know, monsters Inferior, yet, yeah. yet the Bible was made in Africa with Jews and black folks. Right. So it's like, I feel like a lot of people's perspectives in Christianity are not based mostly in fact, in history and culture, but based a lot of it in superstition and, um, Gnosticism and hyper, mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? I, I, that's what mm -hmm. I, at I, least that's my perspective. I, okay. I, I have a follow up because I, that's really interesting because you kind of took that in a, in a direction that I wasn't expecting because I think th what I think of like the main culprit, I think it's sort of this conflation with, uh, you know, fringe partisan, um, uh, you know, kind of uh, conspiracies that have their roots in trying to sow political division, right? Mm -hmm. Like that was sort of what I, but Derek, I think the, the larger point you're making is, and, 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 I, and I want you interested to see if you can unpack this. It seems like the point you're making is, uh, you know, I'm sure that all that, 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 that partisan stuff has something to do with it, but it's really a lack of critical thinking skills that have been fostered in church congregations. How much do you think that has the role in it, that we just haven't taught Christians to think critically? We've taught them to be, you know, sheep in the sense that they're only listening to teachers and never questioning them or really questioning teaching. Do you, how do you think that can be resolved, the critical thing? Right. I think we build solid foundations on things that we don't even understand. So how can you how can you do that? So if you even you talk about the partisan, the partisan idea of all of that, it's like what the scripture says in the last days, people are going to have itching ears. Right. So we build faith and perspective off of things we think are right. And then we go find the facts to prove that right. As opposed to saying, I've looked at the whole enchilada. I've looked at the whole picture. And this is the rational conclusion. We're saying this is my rational conclusion. Now, let me go find facts to prove it. The truth of the matter is there's a lot of people that don't even know why Jesus is considered the Messiah culturally 
by the Bible. Like what in the Old Testament are the qualifiers that Jesus had to meet to be the Messiah? Most people can't answer that question. And that's the foundation of our faith is that Jesus is the Messiah. How is he the Messiah? It's because we grew up in church and our pastor said that. So then that's why we can have all of these extra biblical things that don't necessarily fit within the Bible because most of our, most of people, most people's faith is built off of their set of religion, religious, uh, principles and it's like i believe this let me go find the facts to prove it it's not the facts that i believe inform my decision um and now you multiply that with with the partisanism right so with the people that are like yo i have to find a way to make a republican god's choice why because the people that are in my church said republicans are god's choice so then now i can freely call like i somebody somebody literally posted and said joe biden is a pedophile on like i get these comments all the time and i'm saying do you know how damning that accusation is with mm-hmm. just a little bit of youtube propaganda proof like there's like to call someone a pedophile like that is a massive 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 uh 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 point to make about someone or the idea of like i just saw this video with uh some goofball named charlie kirk at uh chino hills church sitting with the pastor saying that lecrae shouldn't be allowed in any churches because he supports abortion and he supported Warnock and Warnock supports abortion, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, you don't even know where Lecrae stands on abortion. You just saw him perform at an event with a Democrat. And now you've made this thing where you freely call, like evangelicals freely call people baby killers. Like, ba- like, do you know how big of an indictment that is to call yeah. someone a murderer of children mm-hmm. or a pedophile, a, a Someone takes advantage of that, but that's because you have a narrative and you're looking for facts to prove it. So if you get some weirdo guy on YouTube that said, hey, a hundred people say something's wrong, but you find that one QAnon person that says, hey, maybe you're right. You know, maybe you are right. It's just like with, uh, and I know I'm ranting, but I could, there literally a hundred black people can say this is wrong, but you let some weird, weirdo Candace Owen Vody Bakum type guy say something's right. And then you're going to discredit the 99 black people that says something's wrong. And you're going to go find the one Candace Owen or Vody Bakum to prove your point. That's what I'm saying is our itching ears. It's, it's a, it's an, where we're at is a result of itching ears is not critically thinking. And you have to also correlate that. Remember the studies over the last few years, Jesse, that American evangelicals, feel that they are statistically the most persecuted people group in the world. Mm. So when you Just have bonkers. the worldview that everybody's against us and they're trying to take our freedom, they're trying to take our religion, our faith, blah, 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 that everything's against us. And then you're saying, you know, uh, you know, think critically and freely or whatever. They're kind of going, well, if that outlet, the liberal New York Times or the liberal uh, party is telling me something I don't want to hear, I don't believe it, they're against me. So I'm not going to look at it, whether it's fact or not. You are, you are against me. I'm persecuted. You're persecuting me. So even if you are saying what you believe to be fact, I will not believe you. So now I have to create alternate facts to explain my reality of being the persecuted. And that's where like all the little conspiracy 
Like, Jesse, I don't think they go from zero to a hundred. I think it's one little thing adds to one little thing. And then that kind of rounds that out and that connects this one with that one. And it's over time people get fully deceived. I don't think they started out thinking lizard people were drinking blood of babies Mm -hmm. and stuff. You know what I mean? But it's just like somehow they had to rationalize the world that they, as they saw it and it's not reality. So they're having to create a, a false reality and that's conspiracy theories, you know? Which I think is why you see so many people, you know, believing these things and also at the same time holding up signs that say Jesus saves in John 316 is because they're coming from the church. Like they have knowledge of these things. And I mean, the danger to me is looking at young, young men, you know, especially young white men who are buying into these things. And the next thing you know, they are against everyone that doesn't look like them. And you're like, you grew up in a Christian home. Like what happened? They, there was just this idea of christian things but there was no foundation and so then something looks shinier and better and like you said cameron they're like oh this is again they're against me i might as well go fight them so what's interesting too is everybody hears this and says 49 percent of christians believe conspiracy conspiracy theories and we would go oh that's the wackos that's the Mm -hmm, old people mm -hmm. that's whatever but in jesse your article that you wrote it was shocking to us that it's actually demographically millennial Christians that are the biggest uh, adherents to conspiracy theories. Millennial Christians are the most likely to get duped and buy in. And if you look at the Capitol riots, the Capitol arrests records, the number one age demographic that was arrested was people in their twenties and thirties. And it's like, so it's not our parents saying conspiracies. It's us. And that's what's crazy to me is because I can't figure out how this generation got so deceived. Well, well, not only that, I would be willing to make a pretty strong bet that most of those that those arrested were not just in that age demographic, but also would self-identify as Christians. That's Christian. 100%. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, thanks for starting slices off light, Jesse. <laughs> I mean, I got the. I started off with five minutes, of, ten minutes of dog talk. I feel like it's fair. I feel like I started from lighthearted, light, uh, lighthearted dog talk. All right. What do you have, Derek? Yo. So, um, I got. Uh, I was gonna go one direction, but I decided to go a different direction. Um, so obviously, Joe Biden is pretty busy in office right now, and I know well, this is not necessarily a political thing, but this is really, really near and dear to my heart. So, um. He just did an executive order um, last week that ended uh, the federal contract with private prisons. And Mm -hmm. I think that's just huge and amazing. So he's ending the uh, contract with with, with private prisons. And this is a great step in ending our mass incarceration system here in our country. I mean, for those of you that don't know that, I mean, we jail more people than anybody in the world. Because there's it's money li- involved. Absolutely, because there's money involved. So ending it at the federal level is a great step towards um, bringing more equity and hopefully humanity in the way that we deal with people who have committed crimes. So uh, shout out to him. Thank, uh, thank you for doing that. I've been preaching against these. I've, I've been preaching against the private prison system for as long as I can remember. So um now just seeing this coming to fruition is really big deal for me. Hmm. It's yeah. Good it's stuff. Good. Yeah. He, it was crazy. Like I, you know, obviously every new uh, administration comes in and signs executive orders, but I think in the first few days he signed more than 30, which historical context was a lot. <laughs> and, it, you know, obviously there's a lot of opinions about 
the stuff he enacted. But right. A lot <laughs> of changes happened very quickly. And uh, that's one of them. Uh, what do you have, Jamie? Okay, I'm going to bring us up a little bit because I love all these conversations. But let me let me give you a little bit of context here. Um, at the Ivy household, we do not own a microwave. I don't know if that's weird to you guys. We you have live not at Chipotle? Had... Do I live Chipotle? at Chipotle? We have no, not... no, no. Do you, I said, do you live at Chipotle? Because Chipotle doesn't have microwaves either. That's yeah, I was going to say, J- Jamie, if, if <laughs> I didn't have a microwave in my home, I would basically live on a raw diet, like a raw food <laughs> diet. So I'm okay. anxious to see so, how you guys live. No microwave for like 13 years. We just haven't. My teenage boys, literally, you know, some teenage boys are begging their parents for whatever. Every day they are petitioning for a microwave in our house. So at my new office, I got a microwave. And you guys, I got it for the sole purpose that my boys would stop by and see their mom. And so I stock the bottom drawer in the kitchen full of microwavable mac and cheese, ramen, Mm. these things Mm. that they have never laid eyes on before. Mm. They think they've gone just like their mom's office is the best. hungry. I know. So mac and cheese, guys, I I want you guys to get on on this. I've already entered. They're only picking about a thousand people. I hope that maybe somebody on this show wins one. Kraft has launched pink mac and cheese for Valentine's Day that Mm. tastes like candy. Okay. Mm -mm. Now, I don't know if I want to eat mac and cheese and taste candy. Maybe. So they launched it and it's a contest. So you have to apply, which basically they just got my email. So now I'm going to get all the ads for Kraft Mac and Cheese. But you still have a chance while you're listening to this show. You can still apply a contest. A thousand people are going to end, are going to win this Mac and Cheese. And I'm just like, Kraft, come through for me so that I can bring pink Mac and Cheese to my boys at my office because they'll then think I'm super, super cool. That, I think that be- ties in very well with this week's uh, feedback that we're about to tell everybody. <laughs> What's the weirdest thing you've ever tasted? Yeah. I can't I, imagine I, having candy taste in mac and cheese. I can't Ugh. either, it's but too far. you it's can too have far, it. Jamie. It's, it's <laughs> too far, Jamie. It's too far. I watch those, I like, just like everybody mm-hmm. during quarantine, you watch all these, like half of Netflix is just like cool food shows that follow the right. same, they follow the same arc. They start you in some crazy artisan place with like slow-mo shots of someone kneading dough and like getting coals ready for an oven. And then, the, and then it's, you know, you learn their whole story and how the years they spent in a French kitchen before they discovered like pastry uh, fusion or whatever. But anyway, I was watching one and, and they were showing these, this deli in like Brooklyn or something that had like pink bagels that are, you know, people line up around the bottom. I'm like, who wants a pink bagel, man? Like that ain't right. Like bagels aren't pink. I don't know how they did that. But does it still just like taste like a bagel? Because then that's just food coloring. Who cares? I guess, but hey. But she's saying the mac and cheese is going to taste like candy. That's horrible. It's even worse. That'd be worse. I I agree. Now, I do think, here's the, I think from what I read is that you could add the candy if you wanted, but it's pink no matter what. So maybe you could just have pink mac and cheese. Cheesy Mm, candy. That sound, do you? You No, I've never had cheesecake. That sounds disgusting. You're missing it. What? Never had cheesecake? For this exact reason. It doesn't taste like cheese. Cheese cake doesn't sound good to me. No, thank you. Uh, Have you so ever? Had, I mean, do you eat cream cheese? No, I no. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want creamy cheese either. I just mm. want. I just mm. want. You don't like your cheese creamy? I, I mean, like I've never nachos. had creamy cheese. Nacho cheese. Oh yeah, I guess I've had melted cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, seven eleven. Right. Seven eleven. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
It's the greatest <laughs> cheese. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. You can give me some. You can give me some weird French guy. For, you know, on the Italian countryside, knocking big wheels of Parmesan with a hammer and trying to listen to it. You know, with Massimo and his Michelin star. Give me the nacho juice, dude, from Seven Eleven all day. <laughs> you can keep that. I, I, don't, I don't want that wheel of cheese that's sitting in that barn for eight years. You just told me that, dude. I don't want that. Give me some fresh nacho cheese. <laughs> Nothing about what Jesse eats is actual food. It's all some sort of chemical, like everything that he puts in his body. All right, stay tuned. Up next, Derek and Pop join us. listening to claude the song is cuff your jeans always always cuff your jeans well today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform anchor if you haven't heard about anchor yet it's the easiest way to make a podcast first of all it's free there are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on spotify apple podcasts and every major platform The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Well, this segment, as I told you at the beginning of the show, is a little bit unusual for our normal guest segment. We wanted um, rapper, artist, podcaster, producer, Propaganda to join us. Uh, He's based out in LA. He's uh, been a friend for years and is one of the leading voices in racial reconciliation, racial justice, especially in the church. Uh, One of those other leading voices happens to be on this podcast every week, Derek Miner. Um, Not only is a rapper, producer, and entrepreneur in Nashville, but really is somebody who has stuck his neck out, uh, especially online, to speak truth um, to call out things that need to be called out, especially in church culture, and really is in a position of his career where he just doesn't care anymore, and he's going to just do what's right. And it's been powerful and inspiring and challenging to watch both of these guys um, as they've really um, led this conversation over the last year, two, three, especially. Well, we wanted our very own Tyler Huckabee to join them for kind of a Real talk. Let's. We're all family here. We're all friends here. Let's talk. Here is Derek Miner, Tyler Huckabee, and Propaganda talking about Black History Month and a lot more. Prop, you and I have talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, in the like 2020 turned to 2021. And I think there was a big feeling from a big chunk of the country that like, well, there, we kind of put the worst parts of what happened in 2020, including a lot of the stuff about police brutality, uh, yeah. Black Lives Matter. We, we overcame the final boss and now we can move on to get back to normal where things were okay. 
Yeah. Is that the general sense that you guys have? <laughs> no. <laughs> there was, so, but it's hard but it's yeah. hard right yeah. no there's now I, I mean I say that in the sense of just like having a, a longer sense of history and just kind of like knowing that like this is just how these things go and then you know me being a history nerd and history teacher for a long time was like <clears throat> I just know the history of fascism and the history of nations mm-hmm. and how nations go through cycles and collapse and then come back after, you know what I mean? Like there is still such thing as France, but France collapsed. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so, so I know that it's possible, you know what I'm saying? Um, also, I know that like December 31st and January 1st, there's no magic that happens. It's the, it's just the next day. You know what I'm saying? So like Facts. that, that having that sort of like, you know, reality and like if, if racism ain't left yet, it ain't going away <laughs> on January 1st. You feel me? <laughs> you never, you never want to make a one-to-one ratio connection to any moment in history because, you know, people are different, different times, different situations, different everything. It's just not true, but you can learn um, certain things from it. And one of the things I know from like, whether it was, the Weimar Republic with with uh, in Germany, whether it was like, you know, Mussolini or, you know, Franco in Spain, like whatever the case may be, the the group that made it possible for any of these things to happen was that it wasn't the wild psychos. Nobody wants to be that. It was it was the moderate. That's just like, I don't I just don't want any trouble. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't want any trouble. I just want everything to be okay. Can everybody just, you know, mom that just wants a peaceful Thanksgiving. She doesn't want to deal with nothing. I just want everybody to just, can we all just have a nice meal? Yeah, for me, um, I like to know where people stand. You know, to be honest, I really don't even, I don't even register like the clan. That's not a threat to me. The threat to me, honestly, is the white guy that's quiet that has the 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 ability to hire person A, person B. Person A huh. is white, looks just like him. They get along, everything is great. Person B, black guy. Per- black guy is brilliant, but doesn't fit the culture. Maybe more qualified too. Right. Yeah. Maybe more mm-hmm. qualified. Both may be equally qualified, right? Yeah. But Black guy may even be significantly more qualified or he may be just have a different approach that may be better for the company. But white guy fits the quote unquote culture better. That guy terrifies me. That guy is the reason why the progression hasn't happened because in their mind, it's like, "Mm, that's the white supremacy that is the most dangerous because it's like jello. You can't really. Like it's like grabbing, trying to grab Jello. You can't yeah. grab it. There's no real. It, it doesn't have a real form. Like I can't. You can't put laws on that. Like you can't yeah. fix that with laws. That is just a thing that is innate in people that will make them say like, "Hey, you know, I, I just don't like that guy for some reason." Well, you don't like him because he doesn't fit your culture because he's mm-hmm. he's black or yeah. Asian or or Indian. You know what I mean? Or yeah. or Native American. It, it does. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's the issue, I think. With yeah, this you just white feel supremacy. like it's not going to be a good hang. Like, I can yeah. take this guy to golf with me. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, and it's yeah, that 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 familiarity, you know, which is normal to all humans. But if it's if it's a situation like Derek is explaining to where. 
inside of that is a deep rooted discrimination or prejudice that is is so ingrained that you can't identify it. And the elusive part about it is that most white people, because they don't have to, have not done the work here. That's the elusive part about it. That guy, very well that I described, very well may not be consciously racist. Like he may not yeah. consciously be like, yo, I hate black people. That's why I said the the clan guys, they're not a threat to me as much as that guy is because he thinks he's doing what's right and he's yeah. not. You see what I'm saying? Like it has he hasn't nice done the guy. work, the self-reflection to say, why is it that every opportunity I get to hire somebody, he looks exactly like me. Right. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have that. It, why? Even if the other guys are qualified, like I'll find a reason why I'll I'll or or just the idea of that for the white lady um, who has that fear and that unease, uneasiness around black people. Yeah. Even if the black person is just standing there, he's not doing nothing. But it's like that fear that's there. You haven't done the work to ask yourself, why do I feel this way? That's yeah. the problem. And that, that's a and we talk about white privilege. White people have the privilege to not have to do that work. We yeah. have to do that work. Yeah. Like I have to be sensitive to my surroundings on how I make white people feel at yeah. all times. So I have to constantly do that work. White people, you have the privilege to not do that work. So because you have the privilege of not doing that work, the progression you, yeah, and it makes us look in that. So then right. we're like we're taking crazy pills. That's where it ends, like you <laughs> right. know, you know, where we're we're the ones bringing up the problem. Well, why are you guys always talking about this? It's like because because we're experiencing it, but since it's so acute, it makes us it makes us look like we the crazy ones in this conversation. Where we're like, listen, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's you have a crumb in your beard. I know you don't see it. But I'm looking at you. There's a crumb in your beard. You know what I'm saying? What then, then happens when Black History Month comes and all these organizations, all these corporations, all these politicians, majority of them white, all of a sudden break out the Kentucky. You know, they, they it becomes this very aesthetic like like, oh, yeah, we remember like what's the emotion going on there? You know, I, I, I'll be honest and I let Derek answer, too. But I and I but I honestly think Derek's answer is the same as mine is like, I just don't pay him no attention. Because I'm just like, call me when you're at calculus. Right now, you guys are, this uh -huh. is math one. You know what I'm saying? I have no time for math one. You know what I'm saying? So y'all do, do whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? It's cool. I'm going to invest my time in um, my own community, especially when it comes to like Black History Month. You know what I'm saying? Um, and more equipping, um, to be quite honest, equipping persons of color. Uh, and the place that I'm at, you know, especially just from the part of town I live in, the part of the country I live in, uh, the solidarity among BIPOC communities, you know, uh, is of utmost importance um, in my particular, like, stage of my career, you know what I'm saying? And and, and stage of my activism is, you know, I, I mean, I live in a all Latino community, you know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. like... And um, expressing, using this moment to express, you know, sort of solidarity among Latinos while at the same time not losing, you know, my blackness and inviting them into that experience. Yeah. I mean, last year for Black History Month, um, 
I launched a campaign and um, it's been what's been happening from it has been crazy called ownership is the new black. Uh, And it was all sparked from a concept of um, and it was all sparked from the concept. I was watching a a brilliant, brilliant man, Dr. Claude Anderson said black people, we make up 13% of population. And after the, um, after the civil war, we own half of 1% of the wealth in America. And fast forward to today, we own 1.5% of the wealth in America. Um, And that's awful. And it's by design and it's on purpose. Um, So after watching that, you know, when I say black people built this country, I'm not kidding. That is a factual We literally built (laughs) the country. So like I'm looking at uh, the University of California, um, the black black inventors and inventions. It's like the top one hundred inventions. Um, the gas burner, the bicycle frame, the wrench, the egg beater, the uh, the motor, um, the guitar, uh, the typewriter, the home security system, uh, open heart surgery. Like the list goes on of things that black people have invented mm-hmm. that have a been either stolen. That intellectual property has been stolen from them and exploited by a white person. Right. Sheesh. Or they've just been erased from the history books from doing it. And like my goal is we have to be begin. I think for, for I know for black people, for me, black people need to hear affirmation and aspiration. Yeah. It's the two things that black people need. They need affirmation of you're not crazy. You're not you're not stupid. You're not an idiot. You you are a man made in the image man or woman made in the image of God. And the contributions you have are a long legacy. In the in the coming weeks here, there's going to be a lot of people who are probably listening to this podcast even who are have leadership roles at their churches, which are probably largely white and the majority yeah. case for people who listen to us. And they're going to feel compelled to do some sort of Black History Month thing at their church anyway. Um, but is there even a way to do that? And it's the same tension that, that we at Relevant struggle with sometimes without putting the labor on black people, too much labor, too much of attention on black people that is already there and doesn't feel just like kind of uh, purely aesthetic, purely token and yeah. uh, and basically a waste of everyone's time. I think it's not so much do a big how do you do, because at this point, if you're having this struggle, it's probably too late. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? You should have you should have invested a long time ago. Uh-huh. So I think that one thing you could do is it's just like, okay, now let's get on the highway. Maybe, maybe for Black History Month, this is when you make a commitment to adjust the culture of your church or your organization. You know what I'm saying? So that next year, when it's Black History mm-hmm. Month, it's not an awkward thing where you're having the same problem so maybe this year it's like okay we're going to commit to changing our leadership changing our board changing our this you know what i'm saying this is our commitment to it you know so that you start seeing this throughout the year so then next year this is it'll be a normal outpouring of who we are yeah i think um and you know i'm going to say this in love but i think a lot of times that's a cop-out um because white people are brilliant at a lot of stuff like oof you guys have the same Google that I have. Oof. So it's like, 
What's the difference between me Googling it and you Googling it? Like, <laughs> you know, like I, all of I, the world's I, I, information. Yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of the society we live in now is you don't have to be black to tout the accomplishments and the history of black people. Y'all know the stories of black people about the poverty we've been in. Go yeah. find out what we've done that's been positive. Go find mm. out what we've done. Like, I didn't know that one of the most pot, like San Francisco was founded by a black man. Yeah. Like, but I did the work. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's founded. Yeah. That place was founded by a black man. One of the most popular streets. I forget the brother's name, but he's all over. The, he's all over the place there. He's yeah. a, a Dutch black man. And I'm like, yo, why can like, if I can find it, I know I'm not smarter than you. Like <laughs> we're at least on the same level. We got to do the work. That's what I'm saying. That was Derek Miner and Propaganda. Go check them out on IG and Twitter both. I mean, seriously, if you're not following those guys, what's wrong with you? Stay tuned. Up next, it's your feedback. Listening to Judah and John Guerra. The song is You've Done the Rest. And that's some good stuff right there. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, last week, we got talking about um, the stress ball that Derek was playing with exploding <laughs> all over him, and the goo was all over him. And Jesse wondered, Derek, be honest, did you taste it? Just one and, little dab. <laughs> and I didn't. <laughs> and then Jamie started talking about things. That she wondered if we had tasted. Can and I then, can I say something about that, Cameron? <laughs> yes, please. Okay, Jesse, do you know someone named Jeremy Little? They acted like they knew you. Uh, but I'm going to ask. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, Jeremy Little. Okay, okay. Jeremy no, sent me a message. Him, I don't want to hear his feelings, Clark. He said, it's not a weird question, especially in that conversation. Honestly, I'm surprised Jesse hadn't tried it. I have, so... Maybe I shouldn't throw Jeremy under the bus like that. But listen, you guys, here's what I learned about the awkwardness that you all. You, uh, you need to tell the listeners who didn't uh, like what who didn't hear it. What are you referencing? Okay, so I referenced. Have you ever tasted breast milk? Guys, I listened back to the show. It was like crickets when I said that. You guys were so <laughs> awkward about it. And so I asked my friends and here's why they said they said it was awkward, awkward because thing. I was asking dudes. Very awkward. I, yeah. Very awkward. I did a survey on my Instagram. 500 women said they had. Okay, so I think it might be that a woman's making the bottle. She does it on her hand and she's like, ah, little lick accidentally. I also got some dudes that said they did. So I apologize for making you guys awkward. But even friends did an episode about this. So I'm not the weirdest one in the yeah, world. It, it, it's not it's not the, the actual I, I don't like thinking about like if I'm drinking, if I have like a sandwich in front of me. OK, I don't want to think about this, you know, this ham sandwich. I don't want to think about that was a pig running around somewhere someday. I want to think about it with, you know, my ham and cheese or like the, that's the whole the Parmesan. When when Massimo goes to the barn and he's checking out a 12 year old wheel of Parmesan and talking about how it's got a specific flavor because the cows ate a certain breed of grass. 
Too far, dude. I didn't want to know that. I don't want to know. Much less. I don't know about the cow. Much less about the field that is eating it. That's too much, man. Just I, when I have a piece of cheese, I'm not thinking about any of that. All I'm thinking about is oh, it's pretty good cheese. You know. Okay. Well. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you hit us up. We asked you what's the weirdest thing you've ever tasted. We hit you hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, and you commented on the relevant Instagram post as well. Here are a few of our favorites. So I ain't gonna even I ain't gonna even lie to y'all. I think Ben Stroop be lying because <laughs> I promise that man Ben got a, a crazy story for everything we did. Just let you know, he Ben. Does. My man Ben said the other day, my four year old was trying to get his shoes to squeak on the gym floor, and I told him he needed to wet the soles. I looked back, and he mm-hmm. was licking the soles uh, of his very dirty shoes. Okay, well, uh, uh, you know, he was. Re- okay. he, he said to Alberto, Cameron, you're, you, you're a big sneakerhead, or a, at least right. a different, you've kind of gone in and out of sneakerheadness at various points, right? Okay. I, I have so, hundreds of Nikes, yeah. So Alberto said that he was a he he was a shoe hype beast himself, and he used to lick the sole of a new shoe. He said he didn't know why it was a fad. It uh. always tasted gross. Is this a thing? Why are people licking shoes? No, That's so licking gross. It, no, but Jesse, you play ball. You know high school. Mm-hmm. Like, you lick like your hands. On, on, the, yeah. on the parquet, you lick your hand and you yeah. rub it on the sole of the shoe. gives you a little yeah. fresh traction. That's what Ben yeah. was trying to tell his kid. His kids, four, didn't know. I'm going to lick the shoe like Dad said. That's Which, honestly, licking thing. your hand is not that much better, you guys. It's not that much on better. On a basketball court, it's not better. It's not that much yeah, better. You did not just wash I, your hands. I never <laughs> did that, just to let y'all know. I never did I, that. I, that I, was I, the, I, I, I would slide all over the floor before I lick my well, hand. It's like, it's like pitchers licking their hand through the whole game. That's so gross. It's gross. Yeah. It's nasty. Yeah. Well, they, they can't nasty. do that anymore. It's it's it's. Uh, That's uh, why we got COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basketball okay. players. Baseball players. Tim Cox said, uh, he got dared to eat a dog biscuit one time, uh, and, and he did. And he, did, he, didn't, he didn't really kind of unpack how it tasted. I'll say this. One time, my parents did have a dog growing up. Um, and one time, I went to the pantry after, I think it was after a basketball practice, I was starving. I was like, oh, sweet beef jerky, man. This is going to hit the spot. Uh, flavored, you know, cured flavored meats that I don't have to think about their origins are right up my alley. That's my love language. Anyway, I ate a bunch of this beef jerky. <laughs> and an hour later I went back in the pantry I looked at the bag it was dog it was for the dog and I was like you know what I was like you know that's what that's why you don't want a dog I was like you know what honestly I wouldn't even have known it was, it was good for humans too <laughs> like it wasn't that bad it was like I'm kind of jealous that the dog gets this because it's pretty good beef jerky oh man uh, Josh Bueller said that uh, at his grandma's house she had wa- wax fruit and he, and he thought well if it looks that good it must taste pretty good too and so he ate it. It does not taste good, he says. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like that. Well, you guys remember those little like bottle? They they look like little bottles and they were made of wax and they were filled with like sugar juice um, that you could buy when you were a kid. You would you would get a pretty healthy bite of wax in one of those and, and realize, OK. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wax yeah. is those pretty good. Yeah, when you bite tips, the top yeah. off, yeah. Uh, John said his daughter managed to bite through a glow stick once and had glow juice all over her face and tongue. But thankfully... It was an organic, non-toxic glow skit. Man, thank the Lord, because that could have went a bad direction. (laughs) That's like antifreeze. I have have a cousin 
who uh, on two separate weekends, his father had to call poison control for him ingesting chemicals. One, the second time, I can't remember, it was some like oil or something he had actually drinking when he was a kid. But then on the second time, my uncle, uh, this is partly his fault because he used... In in like the tool shed, he put the, you know, you got the gasoline for the mower and you got the two cycle oil for the weed whacker. Well, he put the two cycle oil in like an old Coke bottle, like a oh, two liter no. thing. <gasps> and my young cousin uh, or came in and he's like, he was walking through the yard, not looking too hot. And he's like six. And, uh, and my uncle's like, what's wrong, man? He's like, dad, I just got some of that Pepsi in the shed. That Pepsi is hot. <laughs> and anyway, they, they, they called poison control and the same person from the weekend prior uh, answered and they're like, you're not going to believe it. He drank some more chemicals in the garage. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. Dang. Oh, my gosh. Poor fellow. He's fine now. More, he's fine now. Maurice Atkins said that he, he's tasted Young Living Essential Oils. I, have I know too. some essential oils are so pure that you can ingest they them. They have right? some. Like, I, I love oils. They have some that you can put like in your water and stuff. Yeah, Digize. I, I use Digize every now and again. It's pretty good. Interesting. Oh, Thieves, too. Yes. I use Thieves. Oh, thieves I love is the, thieves. the goat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Does it help you? Like, do you feel a difference when you ingest that stuff? Uh, yeah, the Digize works really good if you have an upset stomach, for sure. Oh, yeah. I, would, I used to get heartburn a lot, and I would use put that in some water. Uh huh. Mm. Yep. Take and the, th- the thieves is pretty good if you start getting sick. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've. I just think like these yeah. these oils people are just like, oh, you broke your arm here, have some peppermint, and it's just like what? <laughs> like it doesn't. I think it's just placebo. Anyway, whatever. it could be. I don't know. I mean, I mean, Cameron, we one time you and I and a couple of people hotboxed the studio with essential oils for about 45 minutes. I legit had a headache for about a week after that. Like we, could, I, yeah. as a charity stunt to raise money, we for like if people would give, we would set off more diffusers in this locked podcast studio. Oh, my gosh. And it turned into like straight white fog. You couldn't see two feet in front of you. I'm it was good. so dense with essential oils. And we were in there for like an hour. We recorded a whole podcast. It'll give like you a that. headache. Like, like oh, yeah. as, oh, it was, it was when we, when we opened the door to leave the studio, it was like Jeff Spicoli walking out of the van before first period, like just <laughs> this like, you know, mushroom cloud of smoke just bellowing out. Cheech and Chong. Yeah. And, our, and our, our office smelled like, like a Yankee candle store for about two months after that. It was like every cent. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. every cent. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, that'll do it for last week's feedback. There's more that came from. Go check it out. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Earlier in the show, we got talking about dogs. And, you know, everybody has different opinions about dogs. But what we all can agree on is that there's nothing better than a really clever dog name. Mm, That's See, for me, I didn't even want a dog. But I knew if I ever had one, it was going to be named Charles Barkley. I mean, like, that's just it. So uh, we want to know for this week's question of the week, creative, funny, original dog names. Make us laugh. Clever puns. And, and listen, don't send us your cat's name because I don't know why cats have names. They Not don't come to you. Yeah. They, don't, they don't do anything. So <laughs> we don't want your cat's name. Yeah, you you say, don't like Get cats. Out of here, cat. Yeah. No, cats. Derek, do your, no. do your fish have names? Uh, the kids named them, but then we just call them fish. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, I got like 10 fish, man. I got nine of them. So it's one of them, you know, one of them, they're all named after like Marvel characters. So we got a Black Panther in there. We got a Hulk in there. Got a, you know. My thing is like, if this thing's going to die, 
pretty easily, don't name it. Don't get attached to it. Just be like goldfish. Yeah. You know? If it's, nah, if my, it's fish, an animal, my fish have lived like five years. Oh, you got, okay. So it's like legit. Yeah, if, it's an animal, if it's an animal that can be eaten, then I don't name it. And fish <laughs> fall into that category. <laughs> oh, you're not going to eat a tetra. <laughs> 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 All right, so hit us up on at on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, or you can post on this episode post on the Relevant Magazine Instagram account. Uh, tell us creative dog name ideas. We'll just burn through a bunch of them. And if you ever thought about getting a dog, maybe you'll grab one that you'll hear on next week's show. Well, many thanks to our friend Propaganda for joining us for the Black History Month conversation today. Uh, make sure to follow him on IG at Prop Hip Hop. Also, if you aren't following Derek Miner. Do yourself a favor. I mean, it's mainly memes, but it's at the Derek Miner as well. Um, hey, listen, while you're online following people, go over to relevantmagazine.com and check out the new issue of Relevant. It features Pharrell on the cover and so much other great content, and it's available for free. Uh, you can click on the magazine tab, and uh, the Fe- January, February issue is right there. Um, I hope you like it. There's a lot more going on every day as well. If you aren't following Relevant and on the socials, uh, we're at Relevant on Twitter, Facebook, we're at Relevant Magazine on IG. We are putting out a ton of content, God life, culture, justice. We have a lot in motion this spring. Make sure you're connected with all of it. While you're at the site, there's also our new daily newsletter with our top five most trending articles in your inbox every morning and our new daily devotional, Deeper Walk, presented by Lumo. Um, that is on the site. Uh, there's a newsletter for Deeper Walk and we got a big announcement for Deeper Walk next week. So I'll tell you more coming up. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. We will see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone. For listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com I don't know where this dog's been. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.